Greetings and welcome to Marley Ramon's Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast, where we'll discuss the art and stylings of Ryan Marlett. The artwork is all over the place, so be advised it could be fun, but it could be dark. It might be a painting, drawing, sculpture, Halloween prop, action figure or song. Each episode will feature a piece or pieces and the insight behind them. Hopefully you'll like some stuff, other things you may not. No worries. Chances are also that you'll likely be offended at some point but hopefully we'll also share some laughs along the way. Art has always been a part of Ryan's life and this is a way to document his work and share it with you. If you get butthurt easily, consider this your warning. Besides, your mom likes his artwork. Listener discretion is advised. If you didn't just respond with General Kenobi, can you even call yourself a Star Wars fan? Hey folks, welcome back to the podcast. This is Marley Ramon's Mad Mad House of the Dead, Episode 3. Thank you for joining us again. And today we're going to discuss another one of my more recent works of art. If you can call it that, I call it that. Maybe you don't, that's fine. Easy day. But it's an untitled piece. This is a... Mixed media on canvas, dimensions are 16 by 20, and I completed this project on 19 February, just a couple of months ago. So I'm going to talk about this piece, and this will be our third episode of the series released this weekend, and then moving forward, we'll do episodes every Friday. So you wake up Friday morning, boom, episode waiting for you. It's like Christmas morning every week. So let's talk about this piece. A lot going on here. And it's funny because I'll see something online and I'll see these different recordings and different techniques and and processes and I'll just want to try it. So so I do. And that's it. Um, This one in particular used some different techniques that I hadn't used before. I've seen a lot of videos lately where people will apply paint directly to the canvas straight from the bottle and then essentially squeegee the paint right into the canvas itself, thereby dragging the paint and leaving uh, an interesting pattern. And so I I thought it looked neat. I thought it looked cool. I figured I'd give it a shot. I didn't know what I was going to do with it necessarily because I can't just do a piece that doesn't really represent anything. So I figured I would use this as an opportunity to try out a few different techniques, which is what I did. So the very basic foundation of this piece is just that. It's essentially the squeegee technique with a variety of different colors. Um, Lots of, even though I'm not fond of pastels, I've got some some lighter and brighter colors in here. So I've got some yellows, greens, pinks, uh, some, some baby blue type stuff and just kind of played around with it a little bit. And then I also decided once that dried, I was going to add a couple other layers to it. 
and used some reds and oranges, uh, some white, purple, and green, and then used somewhat of a, a swirl. And so there's like a nice little dip and a swoop. Yep, dip and a swoop. And um, yeah, so that was kind of the foundation. So just trying on different techniques, and I thought that that was it was worth the dollar twenty-five that I spent on the squeegee just to give it a shot. And then I wanted to try something else. And so I had also seen recently online the use of an image transfer, which is basically like a projector that you can put underneath a, a, a photograph or a picture or whatever it is that you want to display. And it, is, it basically just broadcasts it onto whatever flat surface you have in front of you. And so I had one of these as a kid and actually it was my dad's. And we used to use it for various things, but you could you could display something underneath and, and showcase it on, on the wall out in front of you. And I had seen this technique, so I reached out and I asked him if he if he still had it, and he, he didn't. But it was no big deal because I was able to acquire another one on eBay. And I decided that I was going to utilize my favorite Star Wars trooper to be uh, basically center mass in this in this piece but I was going to do it in such a way where it was layered on top of itself in a number of different colors and just be strictly line work so right in the middle of the piece you'll find a scout trooper also known as a, a biker scout originally seen in Return of the Jedi. And these guys were incredible. They were so cool. They rode speeder bikes and and I've never been a motorcycle guy, but who wouldn't want to ride a speeder? Like these bikes were just incredible. They were all through Endor, flying through the trees, good stuff. Um, so that's what I did. So there's a line work scout trooper, biker scout right in the middle. And I did him in black. He's basic kind of standing straight, shoulders a little turn, head off to the side, and that's that's him in a nutshell. And then over top of that, about a third away towards the right-hand side of the canvas, I repeated that same image only in red. And then I repeated it a third time in white. And you can see all three kind of overlapping each other. The white ends up fading into a section of the canvas where you can only see its legs and feet and then a part of the hand. So the the red one, I actually drew over top of it a second time with a little bit of blue just from the shoulders down. So there's a variety of colors going on here. They, it's almost like a 3D type look to it, but they're all the same image, slightly different because they're just drawn over top of each other, layered um, about one third apart from, from the center. And that's pretty much the main focal point of the, of the center of the piece. Another technique that I wanted to try, and I was just basically kind of just throwing all these different things together, and it was, it was coming together, but it wasn't necessarily anything that just had any symbology behind it. And it ended up, I think, being a fairly unique piece 
even though I was just basically trying different techniques. The third technique that I wanted to use was that of the infrared type image. And so I actually painted myself, I used my left hand and arm as, as the tool. And so I painted from my elbow to the top of my middle finger, the entire underside of my arm and hand, uh, purple. And I just laid my arm and hand onto the canvas. And then as each layer dried, I added multiple layers to make it appear like there were different levels of a heat signature so that there are layers of purple and then blue and then green and then yellow and then pink, like a, almost like a dark, a very dark pink. And it, it gives the impression of what the predator might see. And so there's essentially a, um, an infrared heat signature of my hand and, and arm. And that's kind of the bulk of the, of the piece. Except I wasn't just satisfied with that. Like I, I needed more. And it's not uncommon for me to add certain literature or song lyrics, or perhaps I'll use uh, poetry or some type of something that just resonates with me. I like to put a lot of text on, onto the things that I do because whatever I happen to be feeling at the time, whatever I happen to be into or listening to or watching often finds its way into the work just because that was instrumental in whatever it was that I was doing. It's, it's not uncommon for that to be. So as I was working on this piece and even prior to this, I acquired this meatloaf DVD. Yes. Meatloaf, the very same. It was a documentary about the success of the original Bad Out of Hell album from 1977. An incredible piece of work. Outstanding music. If you haven't heard it, which I can't imagine most people haven't because it's just that epic, but even if you have, play it. Play it again. Play it over and over again. And I've been listening to Meatloaf for as far back as I can remember. And I don't think there's a bad song that he has. And he's got a very... Incredible and powerful voice, or I should say had, um, actually had the privilege of see him, seeing him one time at a convention, and it was probably just a handful of years before his passing, and he, di he didn't look as good as you might hope. He was definitely very frail. He was using a cane, and it was, it was a little heartbreaking to see, but nonetheless, an incredible mus musical talent, obviously uh, his his role as Eddie in the Rocky Horror Picture Show is pretty pretty well known as well. So it never hurts to kind of break out some of those good tunes and just just crack it open and let it go. But for as many times as I've listened to the Bad Out of the Hell record, you know, over and over again, there's one song on there I think that stands out more than any. And it just happened to catch me again while I was watching this documentary. And it's it's For Crying Out Loud is the name of the, the song. And it starts off fairly slow. And there's some 
some tender moments and it's very just kind of, um, I don't know. It just, it, it just, I never really thought about putting this into words before, but it, there are, there are moments in the song where it's, it's just, it's heartfelt. It's, it's strong. It's, it's kind. And, and then I'll just build and it builds. And then there's so much power behind some of the, the, uh, chorus and, and some of the lyrics behind it. And so I actually, I'm going to read to you the lyrics that I transcribed onto the painting itself. And there's a gap. It doesn't flow exactly as the song does. I kind of skip a section, but I captured the two biggest, most meaningful and impactful parts of the song to me and where I was at the time. And it's not uncommon for me to, to find a song, even though I, I may have heard it for forever and ever, but even like acquiring a new song or, or finding something that I just, I hadn't heard before and it really gravitates and, and resonates in me. I will listen to that thing on repeat for days. I will just listen to it over and over and over again. And that's what I was doing with this song. And it was just, it was, it was therapeutic. It was, it was powerful. It was pulling me in a direction that I am not really sure what direction that was, but it, it was, it was there and it was, it was supportive and it was, it was helpful. And so the, the lyrics go like this and it starts at the top right hand corner of the piece kind of overlaps the biker scout image and it's written in blue Sharpie and it says, I'm in the middle of nowhere near the end of the line, but there's a border to somewhere waiting and there's a tank full of time. It's kind of hard to, to, to read it without singing it because nobody wants to hear that. <clears throat> Excuse me. So you skip down a little bit and in the lower, lower right hand corner, it says, I'm going to need somebody to make me feel like you do. And I will receive somebody with open arms, open eyes, open up the sky and let the planet that I love shine through. And that's, that's the, those are the lyrics that, that I enjoy. Those are the lyrics that are really powerful to me. And um, I never really thought about it before as far as having a favorite meatloaf song, but that's absolutely it. That's, that's for sure. That's my favorite meatloaf song. And he's got a lot of great ones. So <laughs> yeah, that's that piece. And um, what started off as something that was just kind of practice and, and just something to try other things that I had seen lately ended up being uh, fairly robust in terms of just different techniques, different styles, different things combined, various design elements that, that tend to work. And um, Like I said, there's not a, a real significance behind it, but it, it kind of came together that way. And so I figured for this opening weekend of the podcast, this would be a fairly tame way to ease into a third piece. Or actually, it's only my second piece on, on the show. But um, before we get into some of the more fun stuff, as I say with a coy look on my face, but that's it. That's the piece this week. So, um, yeah, fairly short episode, just enough to kind of hopefully keep you wanting to come back for more. And like I said, we'll drop that next episode on Friday 
and we'll keep them coming every Friday after that. But the support has been outstanding. I can't thank you enough. The uh, All the well wishes and just people reaching out and being supportive, that's, that's been tremendous. I, I really just am humbled and, and grateful for the amount of people that have reached out just to to say thanks and to, to say hi and to say keep going and good job. And whether they made it or not, or they're just being nice, being polite, I think most of them do. And of course, my parents love it, so it's got to be good. Um, but yeah, and, and I'd like to really thank my legs uh, for always supporting me and and my arms for always being by my side. To see this piece and other works of art, please be sure to visit Marley Ramone's Mad Mad House of the Dead podcast Facebook page. You'll find this and so much more just waiting there for you. All right, folks, that's going to do it for this week's episode. I appreciate you tuning in to hear my stories. And if you keep listening, I'll keep talking. Art can be a powerful thing and it reaches each of us in a different way. So I encourage you to do what makes you happy and never accept anybody who treats you less than. Have the courage to be you and try things on. Besides, every day is Halloween. Special thanks to our friends at Pecan Pie and Subsonic Voodoo for providing these epic musical selections. And if there's one thing that you take away from this stupid little podcast, it's this. Remember that you are not alone ever. Dial 988 for the National Suicide and Crisis Lifeline or Veterans Crisis Line, also 988, then press 1, or text to 838-255. Until next time, be creative and go tell someone you love them. Thank you.